When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The New York Yankees stove is so, 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 so cold. But with the new year, bring some new moves. And now we are sitting on the edge of our seats waiting for a Machado signing, hopefully within the next one to five days. For the first time since October, Bleeding Blue is here for the evil Empire Yanks. And we will break down the offseason moves so far, what is to come, and what we want to see happen moving forward. So, without further ado, Brett, what are we going to do? We're going to bleed blue. Let's bleed blue. <laughs> we are going to bleed blue. Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome back for the first time since October. Yes, it is bleeding blue for the New York baseball Yankees. I hate saying that. Every time I say that, I say, why did you just say that? Because I'm just so used to saying the New York baseball Giants. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the New York football Giants, I'm so used to saying. What a start. Um. Gentlemen, we have Renato and Brett here. Um, gentlemen, only listen to podcasts. In no. my silky smooth voice. Oh my god! Well, now, now it's now it sounded bad because you put your mouth right up to the microphone. But yes, Brett, <laughs> Sorry, I convinced. Oh, well, take two, take two, take two, take two. Go ahead. In my silky smooth voice. Oh, oh my gosh, that was oh um. Wow, I, I that that made me feel some type of way. Brett got a karaoke microphone. I convinced Brett to get some sort of carry micro. Is, you said that's from like Rock Band Two? It, no, it's a Disney Princess microphone. Oh my god, I love it. That's even better. Yes. Oh my god, that's even better. So we've had all these episodes throughout the holiday season, throughout uh, a Kwanzaa, throughout Hanukkah. Is Kwanzaa even like a, a December holiday? Yes. I I don't think so. Wait, is you it? Know, uh, who knows? We've had, I know Hanukkah is. We've had Hanukkah, Christmas, now New Year's episodes, and now all no, of this right, time. You're right. You're right. You're right I'm right. It's January 1st. Is the I, I knew it. So throughout all this time, we've been having Bleeding Blue episodes, and I never ever said Happy Holidays and Happy New Year. I've never said any of these things. Oh. So well, better late I, than I, never. I, I did say Happy New Year on my end. Um, New York Sports Start of the Day. Oh my God, Renato, you are making transitions when I was going to make them anyway. Jeez. All right. So Brett and Renato, now that I'm angry, I'm going to say a passive aggressive, happy new year and happy holidays. So that's passive aggressive. I was happy about 10 seconds ago. Well, Thanks. I'm not, very, I'm, I'm not happy that you're not happy. All right. Well then let's just, let's just move on and 
be be upset for the rest of this podcast. Okay, Renato. Yes, this is welcome. Welcome to the housekeeping items. Happy holidays to all of the Bleeding Blue listeners. Happy New Year. It's been a great six months, six months of our podcast, fellas, and we're looking forward to grow and it can only go up from here. So there you go. That's the sentimental message. New York Sports Thought of the Day podcast was started by Renato Rodriguez, and it is being produced by yours truly. It is Bleeding Blue is the sponsor of New York Sports Thought of the Day podcast. It basically recaps the night that was in New York sports. It is all sports. Go check it out. You can look up my name, Justin Panic, on iTunes. You will see Bleeding Blue podcast, and then you will also see New York Sports Thought of the Day. We're all we are also on SoundCloud. Go check us out. We actually broke down the Troy Tulowitzki move before any other podcast did, any other Yankee podcast, and I'm 100% certain of it because I released it at like one o'clock in the morning, and the move happened at like midnight. So I'm positive that we were the first Yankee slash New York Sports broadcast to break that down. So good for us. So. How are we doing, fellas, in general? I'm doing fine, to be honest. What did you do today? Well, I went to work, unlike some yes. people. Let's go work, baby. Woo! Yes. Yeah. yeah, I also heard probably the worst radio I've ever heard. Ever. Really? Oh, yeah. Explain more. Explain more about radio. this. Yeah, explain more. You can't leave you us hanging now. You want to hear my story? Yeah, let's hear the story. I, I, let's go for a story. Let's do it. Well, everyone knows how sports radio can get in the middle of the day, right? How bad it can get. People run out of things to talk about, basically. Yes. And so I didn't hear this from the beginning, but it was on um, – I don't know if anybody's familiar with the Philadelphia sports radio station. This was 94.1 WIP, 94 WIP, basically. And they were trying to name all the uh, different continents. That, that shouldn't be very hard. I, I don't know what this was in relation to sports-wise or if it was at all. But they, they thought that they, 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 were, they were right at the end, and they were thinking of Antarctica and the North Pole at the same time. They're like, is, is, the, is the North Pole a continent? And I'm like, these guys, these are the actual hosts of the radio show. These aren't some, like, mouth breathers. I mean, they are mouth breathers, but they aren't calling in. They're like trying to like guess. I mean, I'm like, what's the difference really between the Arctic and the Antarctic? And it's just it's like, or is is the is the North Pole connected to the Antarctic? And I'm just oh like, god. oh my gosh. Ooh, that 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 must be a very very painful day in sports radio. It's just like, oh my god, idiots. I mean, these people, these people's votes count the same as as you and I. Just to let you know that <laughs> they count the same. And these people are also allowed to reproduce. <laughs> Just saying, there's gonna be more of these people coming. Renato, how was your day? Oh, what, like, like, you know, first day of the work week after a nice week and a half off. Thank you, St. Peter's Prep. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to to see if if Machado is gonna come our way. I, I need to know. I'm too anxious. Again, this is the second time that you are making a transition before we are even ready to make a transition. I was going to say, man, Renato, come on. You're you're jumping the gun. (laughs) Keep on jumping the gun, Renato. God. Okay. It was supposed to be how you're doing, not how the Yankees are doing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we love you, Renato. Um, In in terms of me and myself and I, um, Bleeding Blue has launched a website, and I've been grinding out some different things. Um. 
It's exciting. I hung out with John Boy over the weekend at the Giants game, which was uh, pretty exciting. And I do have proof. I didn't take any photos, but I do have proof because I was mentioned on the last episode of Talking Yanks. So, Renato, uh, I don't if is Renato even here? Renato, um, I don't. Do you do? Should I consider like John Boy like a friend of mine, or am I just like a creepy, weird guy who just likes him a lot? Because this is this is kind of like we. Because there were a few different times, and I did the same thing throughout the John Boy interview, which you can listen on Bleeding Blue. I did the same thing throughout that, where I was like, "Okay, thanks for stopping by." I'm, we're going to go now. And then he just kept on talking. So this was like the same thing. I, I was like hanging out with them. And then I was about to be like, okay, sayonara. And I was there for like maybe like 20, 25 minutes. And I was like, okay, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm going to get going. Cause I'm like, okay, I don't want to take up too much of your time. But then his father offered us like sausages, sausage sandwiches. So then I'm like, okay, I have to stay. So are we like friends? What, yeah, what's your I, opinion? No, no. I, I think you're like best friends with him. I think like, <laughs> Yeah, I I think like you and him are like you're like his number one fan. I can say I think you're his number one fan. I think he he appreciates everything that you bring, Justin. Well, does doesn't he shout you out pretty regularly now? So I mean, yeah, on the uh, the the radio show, yeah, yeah. and I and I always mention I always mention I'm like, hey, I was it was just mentioned, I was just here. So um, yeah, so I guess you know we're just BFFs. But I mean, I feel I feel weird. I just feel really, really weird about it. So if you're listening, John Boy, thank you. Thank you for the food. But I also returned. I also gave like eight donuts and six cheese eight stuffed. Eight donuts. Like they're like, the, you know, the tiny donuts? The munchkins? Not like munchkins, but they're like Entenmann's, Entenmann's, like ti- those tiny donuts. Um, like the donut holes? Yes, the donut holes. Thank you. Um, and I gave him some, we grilled up some cheese stuffed brats. So after he gave us the sausage sandwiches, I brought back some cheese stuffed brats and some donuts. So it was a it was a reciprocal event and it was lovely and it was great. But now, Renato, now let's talk about Manny Machado. Let's do it. Because we may, like today is the third of December. And when we release this. And I think, according to the sources that have been pretty, pretty good and the reports that have been coming out. It is either going to be the third, the fourth, or the seventh when Machado is going to sign for the. Wait, 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 hold on, time out, time out, time out. Say those days one more time. January third, so today, or Friday, January fourth, or Monday, January seventh. If he's going to sign with the Yankees, I think it is going to be these upcoming days. So what happens if he doesn't sign by those dates? I am very concerned, Bruh. Yeah, honestly, if he if he announces on one of those days, I think he's a Yankee. But if he doesn't, who knows at that point? The ultimate troll job. You think he's gonna troll the Yankees on this one? The I mean, it, it would be it would be the ultimate troll job. You know, a fact the fact that Dan Clark and so many of of other these kind of like Dan Clark has been the most solid report out there. And then even if you're on Yankees Twitter, you know Evan Daniel, very similar to a. John Boy type of account and John Boy type of report where John Boy basically heard first that Joe Girardi was going to be fired multiple weeks before it happened and multiple weeks before anybody else knew. Evan Daniel also got a DM from an unnamed source that Manny Machado is going to sign with the Yankees within the next upcoming days. But he's just kind of like a fan account. Um, But I'm sometimes more inclined that when fan accounts 
get word of this happening, I'm more inclined to sometimes believe them because then they're willing to sacrifice their own integrity without any kind of salary or any kind of any any kind of name behind it um, rather well, than some of these beat reporters who are paid to just put out crap. Sure, but wouldn't that be another reason for them just to put it out there anyway? I mean, they're not they're not really getting paid necessarily here. They're just doing this out of being a fan, so they have less to lose in terms of their uh, reliability. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I I don't know. I don't know Evan Daniel like as well as I like know or knew John Boy at that point. But we shall see. So since this is our first episode for the Yankees this off season. Even though we already know that the Yankees are definitely more in favor of Machado over Harper, I want to hear from you guys. Machado or Harper, who is the better fit logistically in terms of whether it's in the lineup, whether it's on defense, um, you know, in defense in the field or locker room personality-wise, who is the better fit for the Yankees? Who would you like to see in pinstripes more, Harper or Machado? Give me some reasons why. Quick hitting stuff, and then we'll then we'll move on from there. Should I start here? Because I, I have some pretty uh, quick hitting ideas right away here. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. So first of all, Machado is an elite defender, especially at third base. Uh, of course, he wants to play shortstop, and he's improving there. He improved on the Dodgers um, over on the Orioles. So he was kind of mediocre at best shortstop on the Orioles. He improved on the Dodgers. Uh, I think he could be a pretty solid shortstop, of course, until Didi returns. And then – who knows what happens, right? So in, in that way, it's he's not the best fit. However, however, in terms of the bat, he is a he has been a very consistent hitter throughout his career. He does not go on very many cold streaks. I, I swear he got at least one hit every game, it felt like on the Orioles. He did not get cold almost ever. He also has but both players have the flair for dr the dramatic. I mean, Harper will walk off. Machado will as well. And I really, I really feel, you know, Machado is definitely a big time moment kind of player. And that will fit nicely in New York. I definitely kind of envision in my head him in a Yankee uniform already, hitting those big walk-off home runs in the bottom of the ninth or later. Um and so so the so I I think Machado is certainly the better fit, in my opinion. I, I mean, I, I, I am going to agree with you, Brett. I, I really, 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 really like Manny Machado. Not only a positional standpoint, which the Yankees need shortstop and a third baseman. Maybe they're traded and they're hard. Get a first baseman. Maybe put him at first. Maybe get some more pitching. Who knows? But I think in the short and long term, Machado is the better fit because of the need, as well as the fact that you mentioned that this guy is clutch. I mean, he's a, he's had so many dramatic moments, and I think – if the Yankees and Sox were to play each other again in the ALCS, that's going to be a big time, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That that's your A Rod. That's yeah. your next A Rod against against the Red Sox kind of thing. And if if we were to sign Bryce Harper, what are you going to do with Giancarlo Stanton and, and, and Brett Gardner? Yeah, it, it, what is what does Bryce Harper really add to you in terms of because because sure Harper has a ton of power, he walks a lot, but he's also inconsistent. He's very hot and cold. Well, that's also Stanton. And that's also judged to some extent too. Mm -hmm. So I, I really think it's kind of adding on something that you already have. I, I think Har I think Machado diversifies the lineup. Absolutely, certainly plugging in Harper. And now that's an actually an interesting case that 
nobody I feel like has brought up. You know, obviously, I think you you could just plug in Harper in left field, and then and that's kind of the end of that. Then you simply just have a similar lineup as to last year, where Stanton's your DH, Harper's your everyday left fielder, Gardner's the best, uh, you know, one of the best for, uh, fourth outfielders in Major League Baseball, one of the best backups, you know, especially when you talk about the the benefits defensively. But Machado, and you know, you want to talk about improving pitching for the Yankees. One, you know, one of the pitcher's best friends is a great defense and a good defense. And how many yeah. times did we, you know, were games costed and were games on the line where Miguel Andujar couldn't make a throw the first base? You know, so that, but then at the end of the day, you know, and, and at the end of the year, we criticize the pitching because it's on their lines and, the, and they take the loss when the defense could drastically help improve the pitching. And Manny Machado brings that kind of X factor. Certainly, um, certainly. If he agreed to play third base, honestly, you know, especially because he's, he'll, he'll play shortstop until DD comes back. But after that, if he agrees to play third, that would be an absolute dream scenario for the Yankees. Or for the Phillies too, by the way, or any team. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that just crazy that, and we were talking about this in our group chat last night, Brett. And I want you to kind of explain a little bit of what you of what you meant because I was still a little confused by it. But isn't it just amazing that the Phillies have been throwing money everybody's way? They've been throwing more money than any other team in Major League Baseball, whereas everybody else is being tentative. Phillies have been attacking, and you would think that it would work out because money talks. But how come the money isn't talking for the Phillies? Well. I mean, I think the one uh, high-profile free agent that they really went after was Patrick Corbin, of course, the lefty from the Diamondbacks, um, who had a great year last year, a great season. But he's been inconsistent throughout his career. But certainly, he was deserving of a lot of money. Um, for for him, I, I really can't speak to it. But the the Phillies haven't been quite as aggressive as perhaps you'd be you'd uh, be led to uh, believe, anyway. Um, there was a lot of big talk, of course, the, one of the owners, uh, Middleton, going into the offseason said we were, that they were going to spend stupid money. <laughs> that, and that's been that quote has been reverberating around the baseball world all offseason. Uh, but really, they haven't been as aggressive, especially in the reliever market. I, I, I wanted an Andrew Miller. You know, there, there were a lot of other big time relievers that have already come off the market. Now, there are still plenty that are left, and we'll get into those later in this podcast. But uh, the Phillies have not been overly aggressive yet. Now, it sounds like they're being very aggressive right now with Machado and Harper. They're, they're, they're very much in on both of them. But you're right. I mean, if they fail to get either one of these, uh, yeah. The, you really a lot of questions are going to start to be raised. So I don't want to I don't want to press the panic button t- uh, too much just yet, but you're certainly right to question. Yeah. So in summary, what did the what did both of you say? You're you're both everybody's on everybody's on the Machado train. Machado, Machado, Machado. Brett, obviously. Well, Brett, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Machado. Coming- yeah, yeah, because uh, I don't know, I don't know if you've said this already, but uh, if you remember from last season, Brett is our resident Philadelphia and then also Baltimore Orioles fan. He's all he also he's uh, he's ha- he's half pregnant in that regard. So, so he knows Machado well. He 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 knows the ins and outs of Manny Machado. Yeah, I, I've yeah. watched Machado a lot. I, there there there's a lot of layers to unpack when it comes to him. He's a very interesting character. 
Yeah, and, and definitely in terms of fit, I'm also a Manny Machado guy. I think the Yankees kind of need that kind of fuck you attitude in a way to kind of put it to put it <laughs> to put it not lightly, but yeah. the Manny the Yankees don't need that piece of shit Machado. They need that Machado that the baseball world hates because he's so good and because he doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. The Yankees don't need that postseason Machado where he's a dirty player and he's a, and he seems like he's a sore loser. Yankees need that Machado, that regular season Machado, where going up against the Red Sox, where he's no holds bar. I'm not taking shit from anybody, regardless of how many wins or losses are my baseball team has. That's the that's the Machado that the Yankees need. Yeah, and I, they, I think, they need, I, they need yeah. the Machado that took sale out over the Green Monster. <laughs> yeah, last yeah. year. <laughs> I really think the Yankees, the Yankees need that kind of attitude on their team because you look at Judge, who's very soft-spoken. Didi, again, a soft-spoken guy. J- Judge is more of a universal captain. Didi is kind of like maybe some of the the younger guys' captain in terms of the way that he communicates with the players. Gardner has some gritty attitude, but again, he's a veteran. CC, same thing, gritty attitude, older veteran. The Yankees kind of need that little that little younger kind of spark. They need that new face, in my opinion. Renato, you were about to say something. I just got a notification on my app saying the Phillies and the White Sox were poorly willing to offer Bryce Harper at least 10 years. Yeah, I, I saw that news also earlier today. But again, there was a conflicting report that said no way are the White Sox willing to go that 10 years. They said seven. Uh, I think they said seven years max, I think, for the White Sox. What do we think about um, Michael Kay talked about this on Talking Yanks when they interviewed him. What do we think about having a deadline of all free agent acquisitions have to be made by the end of the winter meetings? Hmm. I don't like that. Why not? Because it's too short of a period of time. I mean, I I, I actually agree with the deadline. I was gonna I was gonna be interested because when you started into that, I was gonna be like, okay, that sounds interesting. But I think maybe end of January. I think that would be a solid uh, deadline. What if you push the winter meetings back? Okay, then yeah. Because the whole point of winter meetings, and especially why what made them so what made it so exciting last year is because of the Stanton acquisition. Um. And the whole point of winter meetings is to get all of baseball in one spot, media, all the teams, all the executives. So then the fans are watching. Basically, fans were watching for a week straight and virtually, virtually, J-Hap was signed. But even that wasn't even confirmed until after the winter meetings were over. I mean, it was just, you know, Bleeding Blue didn't even have a freaking episode since October. And we basically didn't even miss anything besides Paxson and Hap. We basically didn't even miss anything. I don't even feel bad that we don't even have a Yankees episode because the stove has been so cold. So some kind of deadline to keep baseball fans interested, like the NBA, yeah. NBA never sleeps. NBA never sleeps. The offseason is more interesting than the regular season. season also, the sleeps. NFL, too. The NFL, the NFL too. You know, between free agency, the draft, the combine, all of these different things, it never sleeps. Baseball has been sleeping. And it's basically just waiting for Machado and Harper to make their decisions. And then you feel like, okay, then the offseason can kind of start. And then teams can see, they can set the market, what it's going to be like, and then go from there, which kind of sucks. Well, a couple of things. It's not like because the Yankees haven't signed anybody, nobody has signed. Uh, There have been a lot of signings, actually, this offseason. 
And a second thing is that this is a very analytics-driven league. I mean, most leagues are nowadays. I mean, the NBA certainly is. But baseball is a very conservative, uh, very conservative analytics kind of league where I think free agency now, people are being a lot more cautious because they're seeing these big-time contracts. They're comparing the actual value and the value you're paying, and they're not matching up. And teams are very hesitant to give out that kind of contract for a player that's that's obviously not going to be worth that. I mean, a team is going to overpay for Machado and Harper. These players are not going to be worth their huge contracts. It's just it, – it, it's, it's, I, I think when you're signing a big name like that, you're not just paying for their on-field play. You're, you're paying for their off-the-field brand and everything, mm-hmm. all the attention, all the national attention it brings you. Now, the Yankees don't need that national attention. They're right in the middle of the spotlight anyway. But for a team like the Phillies, who might need that more, they might be willing to spend that stupid money, not just because of the on-field production, get the butts in the seats, get the cameras from ESPN in Citizens Bank Park. So let's talk defensively for the Yankees. Not necessarily lineup, but let's talk defensive layout. Didi Gregorius has he's good, he got Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out at least for the first half of the season, at least until after the All Star break. So let's just go with the presumption: Manny Machado is the Yankee. Manny Machado, shortstop. Now this is for the first half of the season. Manny Machado, shortstop. Andujar third base. Glaber second. First base. Voit Tulowitzki. Bird. We disagree, or we signed up for that. I mean, I I I think Tulo has a good good uh, position at short as well. I, I still think he has. I think the Yankees gonna tr- try him like a Neil Walker situation. Try to play him at short. Maybe even try to play him at third. Maybe first. Yeah, I think what the basic basically the Yankees paid four million dollars for Neil Walker last year, mm-hmm. and if you look at Neil Walker's stat line, obviously Disco Neil and how fun. Neil Walker was to watch at times. He had some really clutch moments, um, especially when he was used for the second half of 2018, and he was used more as an everyday player, as he should be used rather than a bench player and a depth guy. He really showed that he was really, really good, but his bad start leaves kind of a sour taste in the mouth in terms of his stat line. If you're telling me that Troy Tulowitzki can't match that line, which was like a 230 batting average, and if you really look at Neil Walker's baseball reference. I actually do have it up. Actually, why am I why am I speaking in hypotheticals when I actually do have it up? 2018, 11 home runs, 46 RBIs, 309 OBP with a 664 OPS, four million dollars. If you're telling me that Troy Tulowitzki, if healthy, can't do that at a league minimum, uh, I, that's a that's a that's a pretty good deal. If you you know if you're asking me, and if you look at Neil Walker's numbers, I feel like sometimes Yankee fans give him some more credit. And maybe he does deserve, but Disco Neal was very, very fun. Obviously, the Yankees are trying to fit a Danny Hechevarria and Neil Walker, those two guys, into this one signing of Troy Tulowitzki, and you pay way less money. And don't forget about Tyler Wade, too. He's, he's going to be your utility guy off the bench. The Yankees are going to force Tyler Wade down our throats until, basically, I think until it gets to a Chase and Shreve point. And a Sonny, oh, or not, not Sonny Gray. No, 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 don't say the Shreve. Don't say his name. 
No, but I mean, the Yankees loved Shreve. They like loved him. And it's same thing with Sessa. The Yankees love Sessa. They're going to keep on telling telling us that, oh, they've improved. They've gotten better. Uh, Tyler Wade's bat speed's been picked up. And they're going to force this Tyler Wade down our throats again. And I hope, I hope it works out because Tyler Wade would be the perfect, you know, pinch runner, defensive replace, you know, defensive replacement. If somebody needs a day off, you plug in Tyler Wade, you know, contact guy, he would be the perfect guy for that kind of role, but he just doesn't get on base. Yes. So, okay. So we agree with that defensive layout that I presented a while back for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Now it's the second also, half of the, go ahead. I was going to say, um, I'm looking at Troy Tulowitzki's numbers here. His last uh, season where he was even modestly healthy he actually had a 3.4 uh, war, which is a starter, which is a starter value. What was the OPS? His OPS that year was 761. Yeah, that's 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 decent. And that's that was the, the that was the year that he played 131 games. Yes. Okay. All right. So apparently, apparently, uh, 20, yeah. he was hurt in 2015 and hurt in 2017, so he obviously didn't do much that year, but. You know, if he's healthy, he could provide. I, I, I thought he, honestly, I thought he was worse than he was the past few years. So, I, I, I could see that being a good deal for the Yankees. Definitely, if you, in league minimum, you could, for league minimum, you get a starter quality player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a chance he doesn't even make it out of spring training because you know when you have league minimum, you're not committing anything. You're committing virtually nothing. So there's a chance he doesn't even make it out of spring training. But if he does. Um, if he's healthy, he does. That's my right. prediction. Right. And one of the reasons why I think the Yankees were convinced to kind of quote unquote take a chance on him, even though there is virtually zero chance that they are taking on him, is that they saw, apparently, I saw, you know, Twitter today and people saw him working out and he looks good. So why not? Yeah. All right. So, second half of the season, here's what I see defensively. This is where it gets a little, a little complicated. Oh, also, in the first half of the season, Oh, what are we doing in the outfield? Left field. Gardner. Hicks. Judge. Stanton DH. Stanton DH. Great. Okay. Second half of the season. This is where it gets a little funky. Machado, third base. Didi, shortstop. Glaber, second base. First base, same combination. Voight, Tulo, Bird. So, and, and then where does this appear? Stanton is your everyday Left fielder. So now Gardner's on the bench. Gardner's on the bench, and Andujar is your DH. Interesting. Interesting. That's what I'm feeling. I could dig that. I you're really that. packing that lineup. You're, pa- you're packing that lineup, uh, certainly with the bats there, obviously sacrificing a little defense in left field. No, I mean, Stanton proved that he could play, and in my opinion, he proved he could handle one of the biggest left fields in Major League Baseball. He proved he could do it. Yeah, but I think Gardner's still better, right? Oh, absolutely. There's there's no question about it, but you know, there, there comes a point where I think you really need to say, you know, you have to have these guys in the line, even if it does sacrifice a little bit of defense, but also, you know, what's the what's the what's the greatest good here? Getting Andujar off the field? in exchange for putting Stanton in left field. Yeah. I would take that. Yeah. Getting Andujar off the diamond is probably one of the best things 
the Yankees you know, could do. How many games you're going to win just with Machado at third base? You know, it's insane. It, it, it's kind of mind-boggling how much better third baseman Machado is than Ando. It's 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 it, it's actually it's crazy. It really is crazy. Especially keep in mind that the Yankees have a lot of ground ball pitchers, so that will help them tremendously. Yes, 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 yes. Andujar is a bit of an interesting situation though because. You're obviously talking about even Stanton would, I think they would still try to split the time at DH between him and Stanton. Does, do they try to move him to first base? I know, Renato, you've been a huge proponent of that. Stanton? No, uh, Andor. Oh, okay. So, Renato, what do you, what do you, do you, do you see that happening? Because I know you're a big fan of possibly moving Andor to first base. I, I I believe it will happen. I I, I think they even they, they practiced him some reps last year during the regular season, the first base try him some practice. I think if they work with that a little bit with him, especially going towards the second half of the season. I wouldn't want to trade Andahar. So I think the best thing would be to be a DH in the first baseman. I think it's all gonna depend on spring training. If he gets reps at first baseman in spring training, because you know, what do you have to lose in spring training? However, would that still be an indicator, spring training, if, if he does get time at first base? And if he doesn't get time at first base during spring training, does that mean that the plan is aborted and then they're just going to stick with the guys that they have at first base? So what, what's, the, what's the deal with that? What should we expect there? I, I mean, I think it, it's a tough call, you know, because you really want Voight to keep playing. The Yankees believe in Luke Voight. But if... Everyone's healthy in the second half, right? You can't put Enderhart in third base. It's impossible. Can't do that. So I, I'm thinking you got to put Enderhart DH first base. This is that's the most natural position, most natural fit for him. I mean, if Machado needs a day off, I mean, obviously well, yeah, you can have him. Machado yeah. needs a day off. You can put him in third base. Obviously, no problem. But in terms of being everyday productivity, you see him DH first base. And you know how much we love to give players our their days off. Oh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And they'll play a lot of their base. No, 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 no question. Do you yeah. do you think Voice is the answer at first base? Oh, um, I certainly hope so. But you want to know what I hope for more? What do you hope for more? I hope Gregory Bird is the answer at first base. You know, my dad would totally like get mad at you right now, right? I know. So oh, here is the Twitter poll. Um, follow Bleeding Blue's Twitter at Bleeding Double Underscore Blue. We had a poll. Got 80 votes. Um, pretty pretty solid sample size. Thank um, you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, that poll ended. Cold stove season at its, finest, at its finest. What is more likely to happen in 2019? Greg Bird hits 20 home runs or Eli Manning wins seven games? So you guys, both of you said that Eli wins seven games. Right. And yeah. as I tweeted and as I submitted that, I'm like, all right, I should have made that nine games. I'm, I'm thinking that's a bad poll. That's a bad job by me. This poll is going to be a landslide, 70-30. Anyway, the poll, Greg Bird took a commanding lead. It was like at one point it was like 55 to 45 where Greg Bird had the lead of Greg Bird hits 20 home runs over Eli Manning with seven games. And it actually finished with, Eli Manning, 59%. He wins seven games. Greg Bird hits 20 home runs, 41%. I was surprised and shocked to see just how close that poll was because I certainly would think that there are more Greg Bird haters on Yankees Twitter than Eli Manning haters on Giants Twitter. But I guess I was 
totally wrong. But I, I hope, certainly hope, because the Yankees, they need lineup diversity. Like, it's kind of bad. Like, these high RPM pitchers are just going to eat these right-handers apart with just sliders low and away with two strikes. And that's going to be the bread and butter if you're an opposing pitcher going up against the Yankees with so many of these righties in the lineup. We need some sort of lineup diversity. Yeah, and maybe that's where Harper, there's the argument for Harper, right? He's right. You're lefty. Um, uh, you see, to me, the, the, the lefties, righties, you know, like statistics, and like, like you remember you wrote with the binder when he was in the Yankees? And, and, and I'm like, just go with the best guys. Go with, give me the best nine. To me, the order really doesn't matter too much. You always like, you know, you contact guys on the head of the order to get on base, to get you, your power hitters in the middle of the lineup, and then some more speed towards the bottom lineup to get some, some more runs that way. But. To me, I'm proposing just best nine. Boom, that's it. Let the array doesn't matter. All right, so let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some pitching. We'll start off with the starters, Paxton and Hap acquisitions. Very, very good. I don't think uh, we don't need. We don't really need to touch on. I mean, Jay Hap's pace. What he was on pace for was 21 and 0 <laughs> as a Yankee starter last year. He's not going to put up that pace, obviously. But good signing, James Paxton. Big Maple, lefty, guy could hit nearly 100 miles an hour on his fastball, and he's got that swooping curveball. Obviously, health impending. If he can get 30, if he can get 30 starts, you know, I think if the Yankees are going to ask him to get 30 starts, and if he gets that, maybe even 28, I think that's a great, great idea. It's a great, great move. Nobody's going to deny that. Everybody likes those moves. But here's my question: Do the Yankees need to add another big arm? I mean, I, I would like to get another big arm just because of, to make a six-man rotation because we all know the durability of Tanaka, Severino, and CeCe all going to be, you know, fragile during the season. We've seen that last year. I don't want to see guys like Sessa. I don't want to see no Sessa again. Don't give me no more Sessa. So do you like Sessa? <laughs> no, I hate Sessa. Um, just want to clarify that for our uh, listeners. Like... I don't want no more scrubs pitching. I want some good quality starters night in, night out. What so, happened to that? What about the vaunted farm system? Anybody down there? Not right now. Um, okay. You got Chad Adams still, but we got we got one guy in the farm, and I forget I forget his name. That everybody's so excited. Oh, I for. think uh, not- Albert Albert Abreu. He's the number one prospect now. He can throw 100 miles an hour. Pretty sure. Oh, jeez. Okay. Cool. Is he a so, starter or a reliever? No, he's a starter. Okay. Do we add? Do we add this arm before the regular season or yes? yes. Has to be trade trade deadline regular season. Wow. In the, in the most ideal world, Sunny Gray would get traded finally, <laughs> and then we get another another decent pitcher. Oh boy, you brought up you brought up the S word again, the SG word. I know. I hate that freaking guy, man. I want him out. Of, I want That's him out the can of worms right there. I've, I, Justin and I have seen too many Sunny Gray starts last year. We just, we're done. We're done with Sunny Gray. Done. Finished. You want to know what, though, Renato? Oh, no, what? What? You want to know what? If the Yankees do not add another arm. Now, the Yankees have been, even when they did have a six-man rotation at the end of 2017 with Jordan Montgomery and Jaime Garcia, even when they had that at the end of 2017, they still never actually fully said that we have a six-man rotation. It was clear it was a six-man rotation, but they were like, no, it's not a six-man rotation. 
we're just using six starting pitchers. It's not a six-man rotation. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like they, they have some sort of bugaboo against six-man rotation. So, and I also do think the Yankees are kind of betting on Jordan Montgomery. We kind of talked about, or it was commonly talked about that Justice Sheffield, the baton would be passed in the second half of the regular season from CC Sabathia to Justice Sheffield, and that baton would be passed in terms of lefty starting pitchers, and that he would kind of take on that role towards the second half of the season. Instead, I really do think you basically replace that plan with Jordan Montgomery for the second half of the season because he is a huge, huge X factor coming back. Ah, oh, man. That, that, like, I, I love Jordan Montgomery. Like, I think he has potentially be a big-time starting pitcher in this league. But I just don't want to put my eggs on a pitcher that we don't know what's going to happen once he comes back off the surgery. Right, right. So, for the first half, this is what I propose. If Renato's plan of adding another big arm, either via trade or I don't even know if anybody's even left in free agency. Um, I know. Or Keichel. Keichel. Keichel's the only guy that I think we would look. Keichel's still out there, yeah. So, the case for Sonny Gray as our number six starter. Five-man rotation, but he would be our number six starter. The case for it, and it makes too much sense. You tell CeCe, road trip to Oakland, road trip to Kansas City, road trip to Minnesota, road trip to Baltimore. CeCe, stay home with the kids, bud. Take a cortisone shot in the knee. Take a, take a rest. Take a breather. Sonny Gray goes out. He gets a start. He balls out. Seven, in, seven innings pitched. Six innings pitched. Every time. Balls out. On the road. Only on the road. Makes too much sense. Justin? Yes. If Brian Cashman goes back on everything he said about Sonny Green and wanting to trade this guy and doesn't trade him, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Yes. He basically, he, he might as well just come out and said, Sonny Gray, you're a fucking pussy. <laughs> that's pretty much Sonny, that's what he's done. <laughs> he basically, when Nathan Avaldi did everything that he did during the World Series, uh, he, he said, Sonny Gray's a bitch and he can't pitch in New York. And Nathan Avaldi had the balls to pitch in New York. He and I was like, "Whoa, Brian Cashman! Jeez, what are you doing, bud?" What did he actually say? He, if you look up interviews and stuff like that, he basically he went everywhere and he basically said, "Yeah, no doubt, we're not denying it. We're going to trade Sonny Gray, and no doubt, Sonny." And the reason why is that he just couldn't pitch in New York. He he came out and flat out said it. Everything wow. that everything that Yankees Twitter has been saying for years, literally for years. Everything that they've been saying, he basically came out and said, yeah, like he definitely cannot pitch in New York. Yeah, well, the thing is, though, you lose any leverage you had if he actually said that. I mean, obviously, nobody's going to be lining up to to trade a lot for Sonny Gray. Cashman apparently said he has a billion teams out there that, that, wants, that wants Sonny Gray. He has, a, he has a list of teams that want Sonny Gray. Yeah, but they're not going to trade much because cause you're trading him anyway. Well, Ca- Cashman lands an arm and a leg, apparently. Sonny Gray is a number three starter oh, on an stop. on an average to bad baseball team. Stop. Yes, he is. His, you, his road numbers are, are good. Well, you said average to bad. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Which but most that's of number major three. that's which, a number four. Number, uh, number five. Most of major league baseball is average to bad. Yeah, that's a four starter or five starter. That's not a three. It's a number. He is a number three starter. Oh my 
my god. With with well, room to grow. A bad team, Renato. Listen to the whole thing. I disagree. But I mean that it makes too so, much sense. So, so you said on the Orioles he wouldn't be he wouldn't be a three starter on the Orioles. No, he wouldn't. Are you kidding? He would probably be our two starter. No, you guys, you have, the, you have my boy Bundy. Yeah, Bundy and and then Gray. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No. Who else? Literally, name me. Literally, name me another Orioles pitcher. Oh, you you know who'd be better than him? Oh, Alex Cobb. <laughs> no, Alex Cobb is way worse than than Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one, right? Uh yeah. Well, I knew you're kidding. So I mean, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. So like you said, Renato, Cashman is going to have a lot of backtracking to do because I he, and he and he kind of started to do it during the winter meetings. I don't know if you I don't know if you got that sense, but he kind of he also has to backtrack on Harper as well, and he he's kind of starting to do it a little bit, a little bit because he kind of knows like oh shit, this is this hasn't happened yet. The Reds were the probably the biggest suitor of Sonny Gray, possible suitor, but then they just recently went out and they made all their moves. So now they're looking like a, a less likely team to take on Sonny Gray. So he's kind of like tiptoeing his way back, tiptoeing his way back. Brett Wiley is heading out because he's a jerk and he has to go. So say goodbye, Brett. All right, I'll see. I'll see you later, y'all. Uh... I got to head down here and uh, take care of some things. But it's been great talking to y'all, and uh, I will see you later. See you later when Machado's a Yankee. Goodbye. Yeah. All right. So, Renato, case for Sonny Gray was made. He's going to be the number six starter to start the season, at least in the first half. And then guess what? If he goes out and he pitches well on the road for the Yankees and only on the road for the Yankees. Don't, don't, don't tell me this, Justin. Don't tell me He this. becomes bigger trade bait come deadline that we can possibly get for another starter. Boom. Interesting. Boom. Okay. You know what? I dig. I dig. Let's do it. But do it. it has to work. If it doesn't work, then it's terrible. <laughs> if it doesn't work, Cashman gets lynched. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to finish up with some uh, bullpen talk here um, because that's actually something that's a little concerning. It's in the back of my mind. It's a little concerning. I'm not here. Here are some names that the Yankees have in their bullpen right now. Chapman, Betances, Green, Holder, Canely, Tarpley, Domingo Herman. Then Then you also could throw in Johnny Lasagna, who in my opinion is more of a starter. Um, you have Sonny Gray who can work in long relief because I guess when he's going to be the number six man, what his role is basically going to kind of be Adam Warren. You know, kind of if the game is seven to one, whether we're winning or we're losing, and the game is seven to one, Sonny Gray can come in and eat up a few innings. So I wouldn't mind Sonny Gray also playing that role. But I'm a little concerned with that bullpen because we're. I'm not. I'm not. So what do you what do you see the Yankees doing? Because here are some free agents that are still out there. David Robertson, Adam Adovino, Zach Britton, Craig Kimbrell, which we would never sign, Adam Warren, Kelvin Herrera, just to name some names, some big names that are out there, bullpen arms. I could see the Yankees go after Robertson and uh, Otavino, for sure, maybe even Britton. I, I think I think once the um, the Machado saga ends, the Yankees will solely focus on the bullpen, I think. But you don't think that if Machado, no, Machado, if Robertson wanted to be a Yankee, 
slash and or if the Yankees wanted David Robinson to be a Yankee at this point, that it would have already happened. No. I think the market the market is so slow, you know. I mean Joe Kelly signed. Andrew Miller signed. But he hasn't signed yet. It doesn't mean anything. I'm not worried. I'm 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 getting kind of anxious. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not anxious yet. I'm not anxious. I'm worried that the Yankees don't want him because there are reports that the Yankees don't really want David Robertson, which I mean, Renato, I'm actually surprised to hear that you want David Robertson since you were you were kind of anti David Robertson at some points during the season. I was, but, but I still think he's a solid reliever that help out with the middle innings. Help us help us get like to the fifth and sixth innings as needed. And I'm worried that because the Yankees don't want him. The Red Sox lost Joe Kelly. There's a chance they don't sign Craig Kimbrell because they don't have the money room or whatever. I'm worried that David Robinson is going to go to the Boston Red Sox. <sighs> if that would have happened, I might throw up. Him coming out, throwing nasty curveballs, nasty knuckle curves against uh, John Carlos Stanton, lowing away in the zone because he swings at everything, lowing away. And he hops off that, you know, he does the bunny hop off the mount to end the inning. Whether it's the eighth inning or the ninth inning when he closes out a game, that would be a tough, tough look. It would be. So I'm rooting for Robertson to come back. Our boy Adovino. That's been a name that's been thrown around. He's got a wicked slider. Do you know anything else about him? Let's uh let's pull up his baseball reference stats, shall we? Let's pull it up. Do you have anything to say about Adam Adovino as I pull up his baseball reference stats? I mean, he, he was a good relief out in Colorado last year. I mean, this, this guy was pretty nasty. I mean, I know he has limited success, but I could I could I could see him being a um a good pitcher for this middle relief core. I mean, he had a he's a lot of strikeouts, a lot of strikeouts. So he he fit this bullpen perfectly, actually. Yeah, his strikeouts per nine is thirteen. Yeah. Jeez. He had a 2.43 ERA, 75 games, 77 and two-thirds innings. Um, five home runs. Five home runs in 77 and two-thirds innings. So home runs per nine. Is, and then one, one of the most home run parks in baseball. Yeah, geez. Home runs per nine, 0.6. That's, that's insane. I never knew that. Wow. Home runs per nine, 0.6 in 77 and two-thirds innings pitched. Unbelievable. Pretty good. I kind of want him now. <laughs> I kind of want him. Um, let's let's actually compare. Um, Zach Britton, who I this is one of my favorite quotes from the uh, from the offseason, where Zach Britton basically came out and said, I, "I will pitch whenever and wherever anybody wants, any team wherever they want me to pitch. Just give me closer money. <laughs> Just give me the money. Just give me closer money." And I will pitch whenever and wherever you want. Oh, so, all right. So I was impressed with home run per nine numbers when I shouldn't have been that impressed because Zach Britton has 0.6 and 0.7. He had a 0.6 home runs per nine with the Orioles, 0.7 home run per nine with the Yankees. So maybe I was too impressed when looking at that. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're both single ballers, you know? It's going to be too surprising. I think Britton's going to come at a more pricey rate. But also, if you're a believer now, Renato, you said you're not really a believer of the righty lefty, righty lefty kind of needing to have the diversity in the lineup. Do you believe that you need the diversity in the bullpen to have that righty lefty diversity? Nope. I, I want the. I told you, I want the best guys. Give me the best guys available. I don't care righty lefty doesn't matter. 
I mean, part of the part of the thing that makes the Yankees bullpen so great is that they've kind of bought into this, you know, kind of new age of baseball mentality of having everybody in your bullpen, they can come out and they can attack any batter. You know, it doesn't matter if they're righty lefty. They have the stuff, they have the velocity, they have the movement to come out and attack. Attack, 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 attack. It doesn't matter if you're a righty, it doesn't matter if you're a lefty. Um Unlike some teams that work those matchups, you know they they have guys that can come out. They can do whatever they want with the baseball. It was nice to have Zach Britton, especially as as a lefty and especially with closer experience. It was nice to have him. I think he made the bullpen a lot better. But I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what the market is going to be. Like I'm not one to speculate. I'm not smart enough to speculate about the salaries and how much room the Yankees are going to have and all that kind of stuff. But I hope Robertson is a Yankee. It concerns me that he's not a Yankee yet, and we need a, we need two more bullpen guys. And that's my opinion. Relying on Tarpley, relying on Canely, relying on Domingo Herman, maybe, mm-hmm. and even I think the Yankees are definitely relying on like another Jonathan Holder or David Hale. The Yankee. I think the Yankees are really like in love with David Hale. On him coming Ooh. up and being a difference maker, David Hale. Did I totally just make up a name? Who's David Hale? Didn't he have to- he had Tommy John surgery last year, so he did- so he couldn't so he didn't play. I don't know who this guy is. I'm looking him up right now. Did I just get a totally? Did I just make up a name? I no, think- I didn't. No, I didn't. He's 31 years old. He was supposed to be the Jonathan Holder, like that kind of role, before Jonathan Holder actually took on that role. That's what he was supposed to be. But then he he was actually called up. When Jonathan Holder was sent down to AAA, right. I believe he was actually the one who was called up to the majors in place of Jonathan Holder. Remember when he was bad and then he came back and he was great? So they're also relying on him. But again, I want the bullpen, in my opinion, to have the bullpen more squared away than the starting rotation. That I think it's more important to have your bullpen squared away than a starting rotation. But that's just me. No, yeah, I think in this day and age, you need better believers, no question. The starting pitching. All right, so uh, I think we covered our tracks, Renato. Do you have any kind of final thoughts? I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to see what the Yankees do. Like, there's still a whole, like you said, the hot stove is cold. I'm hoping we get some, some heat, you know, some fuego in, in this hot stove, and hopefully we can hear some more Yankee rumors. We may have to have another emergency episode because if Machado signs this week, I, I would like to pop right on, and it, we may, we may even do like a live stream. I don't even I don't know I don't know ideas. Renato, you owe me a Yankees blog, by the way, because uh, our friend uh, Casey Blackwood is that his first name? No, um, Mackenzie. Mackenzie, I was close. Mackenzie Blackwood gave us two shutouts in a row, and you're a Devils fan, so. You said that if he gave us two shutouts in a row, and, and in a row. you did, you, no, you did. You said it. if the Devils won and he got a shutout, that you would write me a Yankees blog. Yeah, one shot, not two. Yeah, he, yeah, they, they, on Saturday he got the shutout, and then yeah, I know, but, but, but I'm saying, like, I know they guarantee the shutout. I said they win. Oh, oh, okay. Well, guess what? He did both. He yeah. he killed two birds with one stone. So you owe me a Yankees blog, uh, and there will be a Yankees blog, Justin. I guarantee. Bleeding Blues website. Check it out. Check it out. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be it. So 
go Yankees, go Yankees, go Yankees, go Giants, go Giants, go Giants. There will be a Giants episode sometime soon, recapping the season, maybe giving out some season-ending awards, recapping Dave Gettleman had his uh, season-ending press conference yesterday, so we'll be talking about that as well. So, um, you know, just, just keep on bleeding blue, everybody. Keep on bleeding blue. Peace out. Peace.